Hi, I'm Biz. I'm a working parent with a kid and a teen. It's been 10 years since the show began, and a lot has changed on the show and in the world. But by elevating the voices of others, we have learned we are not alone, and we are doing a good job. This is still a show about life after giving life. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, if I had a nickel for everything I don't know about autism, I'd be rich. I speak with autism advocate Tessa Watkins. Plus, Biz has an announcement. Woo! Hi, Biz. It's Kitty <laughs> Collins from Chicago again. I don't know if you remember, but last year, um, about this time, my wife told me that she didn't think she wanted to be married to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I checked in in August when she moved out. And so I thought it was time for an update because yes. I, I mean, I'm not going to talk about my kids because that's not the, the point of this check-in. Um, but it's not I the point of the show. But I and a three-year-old. So, like, after all of that extreme newborn pandemic burnout, um, I am now living my best life. I am dating a flight attendant, and she does a great job of just giving some place to me, for me, that's just completely separated from my reality of parenting. And I'm also dating this tattooed motorcycle chick. And she um, is always giving me these, like, new life experiences. And it's so fun and exciting. Um, And I'm also dating my, um, I call her my mom friend with benefits. Um, <laughs> but we're actually a lot closer than that. And it's so wonderful to be dating somebody else who's a mom who like gets it. And she was saying, uh, she had this great phrase that it's the adolescence of my motherhood. My kids are finally <laughs> old enough and the world is finally in a different enough place where I have the opportunity to be a self again and to explore um, those things that I was too responsible to do when I was actually an adolescent. Um, But now that I'm in my 40s and I hang out with safe, responsible people, um, I can do that. So anyway, Biz, I wanted to let you know that on Tuesday I got my first tattoo. Isn't that an exciting check-in? So I am being a self, and I have children, and they're fine, and I have an ex, and that's terrible. Um, But (laughs) right now I'm doing a great job. How are you doing, Biz? How are things going with your mom? Um, I am just always uh, so sad that you don't get a chance to talk to Teresa anymore, and Mm -hmm. I want to catch up with you, and I want to know how you're doing. Bye. Okay. First of all, now I've got to cry. First of all, I am so happy for this check-in. Kitty, you're doing a great job, and I if there was like a checklist of being a self, this is so it. I mean, look, I enjoy being a self at Target all alone and being, you know, taking a bath or brushing my teeth or something, but having a delightfully active social life that brings you joy and confidence and adventure is the fucking best. And I 100% am on team adolescence later in life, you know, like where, hey, now, now maybe I have a little, you know, things are a little regular. My kids are good. I'm able to now go and have a little fun. And I liked that you said with other responsible fun people, right? So not like everybody's just completely emotionally devoid of emotional maturity. So good, good, good job. Thank you for asking about me. I will say, (laughs) I technically, I do still talk to Teresa, just not on the show. And funny enough, we were texting this morning and I was expressing that I have found the process of dying, having a parent be diagnosed with terminal illness and dying, that really one of the things that I'm currently hating the most is 
how it feels like almost every day is different. One day, Mama is fine. I mean, not fine. Look, I, I don't think she's recovering. I'm, in fact, pissed on the days that she's fine because I'm like, she's ready to go, right? This is like making her feel completely confused. But like one day she's fine and wants apple pie. And the next day she's throwing up all day and the pain is out of control. And then the next day she's lost her short-term memory. And then the next day she has it back and is really sad and upset and angry that they can't remember, right? Like, I mean, and then the whole time, like, the vitals are great. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, right, like, ah! So that is kind of where I am. But I wanted to say I was texting Teresa and letting them know this. And Teresa was sharing that even though it is not exactly the same, you know, they are going through a lot of stuff right now, too, which I said, I totally understand that. And, and I never would assume you were trying to compare what you were, right? Anyway, but the thing was, this is what I texted her. I said, So do you just want to vomit emotions on me? I'm covered in my own emotional filth, so it won't show. And Teresa sent back a, perfect, there's so much shit going down today. And I was like, yes. And so I, I wish Teresa and I could be having these conversations with everyone because I think this is stuff that people are all going through. But, you know, I'm, I'm here. It's a day where I've had some sleep. So I'm sounding a little energetic. This show is being recorded a good five days after when it should have been recorded, but it's coming. Which reminds me, here's my announcement. Max Fun Drive starts this week, next week, next week. This is coming out Friday or Thursday or maybe today. Maybe today. Depends on what the... What I do with Gabe here. Uh, but Max Fun Drive starts next week and it lasts for two weeks. And it is the one time a year where we do all this fun stuff, but it's at its core, One Bed Mother is a listener supported show and is part of the Max Fun network of listener supported shows. That means every year I am able to make this show because. Listeners step up and become a member. And whether it's $5 a month or more, if you got it, it allows me to make the show. I struggle every year with Max Fun Drive because, like, I have a hard time being on social media and doing all the stuff that you need to do. And right, I've never wanted to be a brand or what the fuck ever where I'm spending all my time on social. And this year is particularly hard because every day I make a plan and every day that plan has the potential to change because of caring for my mom and kids and so it's going to be a pretty low key max fun drive, but I do hope you will tune in and support us during those two weeks because you get lots of fun bonus content and it's just a fun couple of weeks. So again, Max Fun Drive starts next week. And I, as always, could use your support. And the reason I love being part of the Max Fun community is just that community. One Bed Mother's community has always been fucking great. And today's guest is going to be a perfect example of that. Today, I'm going to be talking to longtime One Bad Mother listener, bad men, all around awesome member of our community who called me out on some stuff that I said on the show regarding Ellis's diagnosis with autism. And you know, I like to be called out and have a discussion. So please stick around and join me in learning more about the autistic community, and how to clean our shoes when we step in it. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Bombas. Bombas makes getting active more comfortable. And by active, I mean the sport of pivoting as a parent. Bombas makes pivoting more comfortable with socks that support your feet, breathable t-shirts that keep you from overheating, and can take a stain and underwear made to move with you because Lord knows we're moving a lot. 
Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are also the number one, two, and three most requested items in homeless shelters. So that's why every comfy item you purchase, Bombas donates another comfy item to someone experiencing homelessness. Go to bombas.com slash badmother and use code badmother for 20% off your first purchase. 210 Ross Security, free beef and dairy all day. Max Fun Drive. Hey, chef, we got another one. Another Max Fun Drive. People know it's the best time to support the shows they love. You tell them I'll meet up days back? Sure did. They wanted to know about the live streams, though. Those are finishing up right now. We can even send one out on the first night, March 20th. March 20th, chef! I'll give them a heads up. Uh, they also wanted the limited time thank you gifts for new and upgrading members. Yep, and we got some fresh episodes ready to go too. All right, we got exciting live streams, meetup day, fresh episodes, limited time gifts. Oh, and Boca. Yeah, um, okay, let them know that Max Fun Drive 2023 will be ready on um, March 20th, and it'll only be two weeks. Two weeks, Chef! Max Fun Drive starts on March 20th for just two weeks. No problem. Order up! Shoot, I forgot their water. Everybody, I am really excited because today I am speaking with Tessa Watkins, who is not only an autism advocate and has been working professionally as a programmer since 2012. They have also been a bad man for the One Bad Mother community, including One Bad Neurodivergent Parent, One Bad Autistic, and One Bad Feminist, and is also insanely active in all of the other groups, longtime member of the One Bad Mother community. And I'm really excited to have them here to talk to me because they wrote me an angry email calling me out on some things I had said. And you know what that means. You better come on and tell me why. <laughs> you better let's have a conversation. Welcome to One Bad Mother, Tessa Watkins. Hi. Hi. I'm just going to like <laughs> flap it out first, get out some of this anxiety. <laughs> oh, I'm alive. <laughs> Nobody's gonna die. No that's, one's dying today. That's, that's one of my mantras. Like it's okay. Nobody's gonna die. Nobody's dying. It's just anxiety. That's right. right. Um, <laughs> before we get in to what led us to this moment, I would like to ask you who lives in your house. Okay, so we have me, um, non-binary, white pansexual. I've got my husband who's cisgendered um, guy. <laughs> he's a scientist. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that guy. <laughs> he's a guy. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> um, see, his favorite color is pink. He's very metro. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much I should say about his weird stuff. Um not trauma. Don't overdump my trauma. Um, we have a four-year-old daughter. Um, she is adorable. She's also autistic. Um, and we have two cats, Topaz and Toast. They're both uh, rescues. Yeah, it's an amazing name. Whenever That's... we went to the to the vet's office, they would just draw a picture of Toast on the schedule, like whiteboard. I toasted. Did Toast? come with toast name or did you give toast the toast name so we've had topaz for a couple years and she would laze out in the sun and (laughs) when she like in the window and when she'd heat up you could just touch her fur and you're like wow this feels really toasty so we're like if we ever get another cat we're gonna name him toast doesn't matter what gender like this cat is gonna be toast so that's toast we got another cat <laughs> that's his name is toast that's and, essentially how i named ellis and the cat steve i was like i don't care what gender this next child is but they're named ellis and then steve i don't care what we get next dog or cat they're renaming it steve so yeah, yeah. no toast mm. is such a good description be our oldest 
grand dame of cats when they lay in the window. I mean, it's like a little, you're right, it's like a little piece of toast. It's so yeah, nice. It's just so warm and toasty and like, I don't know. It's it's a beautiful sensory experience <laughs> to just put your hand in the fur of a toasted yeah. cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, see, again, this just proves I need to just do an entirely separate podcast about cats. This is really where <laughs> I'm leaning in my passions these days. We just had a whole thing on toasted cats. That is a good time. Tessa, I want mm. to start actually by asking you, well, not asking this, you are also autistic. Mm -hmm. And so when I frame my questions to you or any guest, how do I better be aware of the language I use or how can I avoid like stepping in it? <laughs> now don't, don't try to help me avoid stepping in it because I can step in it just fine. But what I mean is autism uh, presents itself differently in every person who has it. See, and this is an example of me hoping I'm using the right wording. Mm -hmm. And how do I best ask you questions? And is it just that? Is it every time I have a guest on who has informed me that they are neurodiverse in some way, do I start by asking how best do I ask you questions? Well, so I think the best way to explain it is not necessarily something that you can do as a preventative, because right. um, everyone's going to step in it no matter who you're talking to. But I think the important part is how you respond to what we say mm -hmm. um, if we're trying to correct you. Um, which you did, you know, beautifully in the email, you know, you took accountability. You're like, holy fuck, this was my mistake. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's my paraphrasing. That's um. fine. Well, that basically in a nutshell. <laughs> and just so people know, when I had spoken, because I, I realized we probably should have shared the lead up to this. When mm -hmm. I recently shared that Ellis had been diagnosed with autism, as well as other things we learned about how Ellis's brains work. In speaking with my guest, I really, I really clearly, casually was very dismissed. It was one of those, I think I'm expressing myself one way, but what happened was, or the result was, being incredibly offensive and dismissive and awful to people with autism. And Tessa was exactly the epitome of one bad mother and like everything I have like loved and learned from you guys as listeners over the years. When I step in it, tell me. Let me have a chance to learn. Otherwise, I, I, I won't. And I am always, like you said, happy, happy to know that I fucked up because <laughs> at my core, it's not my intention. So Tessa wrote me a very tight email with a very clearly expressing how they felt about what I'd said. <laughs> and it allowed us to open up this dialogue. And so that brings me great joy, hence why Tessa and I are here speaking right now. And I've already railroaded right over them, but I realized <laughs> I needed to set that up as I'm like, why the why the hell is Biz asking Tessa how she wants a question asked? Right? Like so hey. so preventative check. Can't really do that. But I can learn language and I can learn phrasing and I can learn that really helpful list of, yeah, don't say that. That's a, that's a suck fest yeah. if you say that. So back to engaging with you. Mm -hmm. How best do we do this? Yeah, so it's it's going to be a journey, and you're going to step in the shit a lot, and Yay. we're going to call you out. And I think that's one of the major reasons why I'm just so drawn to the OBM community in general, because that is that is the whole thing, you know. You know, don't assume you're being a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Um, you know, don't. 
you know, don't only ask for advice or only give give advice if requested. Like these are the perfect spelled out rules of engagement that I needed <laughs> that I needed <laughs> just like for everyday life. Like I yeah. like, I took these rules and I'm like, I'm going to do this to everyone ever <laughs> for the rest of my life now. So yeah. thank you for giving me the actual rules of engagement. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess one of the, the first things is I'm, sh- I'm sure some of the listeners are like, Tessa, why aren't you speaking up? Um, one of the autistic community's preferences is identity first language. Okay. So in in that uh, meaning, it's using the word autistic as like either a noun or an adjective saying I'm an autistic person or I am I am an autistic. That's why we have the group one bad autistic instead of saying I am, you know, a person with autism. Um, but that's not everyone's uh, pre- preference. Um, that's not everyone's preference. You know, there are some people that specifically prefer person first language uh which is what that uh, other one is called and so in order for me to avoid stepping in the shit just generally on the internet um i assume identity first language when talking about general community um when talking to people that i don't know their preference but once i do know their preference and if i know that their preference is person first then i'll switch and say okay you're you're someone with autism as opposed to someone who's autistic so that's just like my default setting as okay. a programmer i that's how i work all right <laughs> now that's settings. good so let's stop there because that's incredibly helpful so this is actually i've heard similar to this very recently i was in with ellis at our school with their learning specialist because we were in a place where Ellis was getting really stuck by what they thought was, and I'm going to use this example because Mm -hmm. the learning specialist used it written in concrete, written in stone. Right. Mm -hmm. And not, and, and they used this great example of, but it's really written on a whiteboard, right? You can Mm -hmm. erase it. And, but, but Ellis can, what we're learning is Ellis can feel that, you know, the rules for homework are written in concrete, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, the teachers aren't going to let me do this. And, you know, and so we're learning how to navigate that. But the learning specialist kept saying, you have a choice of saying, I am autistic or I have autism, right? Is that, am I using that yeah. right? Did I just say it right? Yeah. So, and I was like, they do? I don't, they seem the same to me. So, that but so mm. this is really helpful. That's a yeah. great example of me being like, what is the difference? Like grammatically, they are the same, but very culturally yes. different. Yes. Ding. We gotta add sound yeah. effects to this. <laughs> so I call those my global rules because okay. I have those too. Um it's like my my rigid thinking. Um, if this, then that. And that's just how I operate my life because I need very clear distinct rules to follow to to have routine to basically stay alive (laughs) you know stay functioning so like I have my routine where it's like okay I go to the morning I pee and then I Mm -hmm. you know take my meds and then I have my breakfast shake I have a whole refrigerator of breakfast drinks not because I'm trying to diet or lose weight or anything it's just because I hate eating breakfast the whole mastication part it's so annoying so I, I hate chewing so I just drink a shake Fucking love it. I love this. Okay. So, Uh, yeah, but I think it is, it develops with age. mm. Um, As Ellis will grow up, he'll learn how to modify his rules mm. a little bit easier. He'll learn that flexibility, which does not come naturally to us. I remember Teresa at one point said to me, we were doing one of our walks and, and was like, I'm, pretty sure at this point that almost everyone has some sort of neurodiverse, you know, wiring. And some of us have just learned to present like, you know, I mean, to, what is that word? Um, Accommodate. Mask. Yeah, to mask. (laughs) Once Ellis was diagnosed, boy, oh boy, did I start seeing things in Stefan. Yeah, yeah. And me, and me, you know, anyway. Oh, okay. yeah. All right, but I we're digressing. 
and I want you. <laughs> I call it rabbit holing. Yes, we're rabbit. <laughs> what? That's where's one bad rabbit hole? We are rabbit holing, <laughs> but I want to stay on the idea of language because you just, mm-hmm. as we said, we just did the really great example of how people identify and how we address them or how we get better at that. Another thing that as a person wandering through the world, not familiar with most things, autism and the phrase, there is a spectrum, Mm -hmm. right? Now, that is like one of the things you called out to me was saying the high functioning that Ellis Mm -hmm. had been diagnosed as they used the language high functioning. Mm -hmm. So when I used the language, I was using just based solely on the report. And I know that how do we talk about autism and this notion of a spectrum without being dismissed? I feel like it sets certainly me up as I walk through the world to be dismissive of what what people's different experiences are with their autism. And again, right there, I don't know if I should say their autism. That, I don't know. But is that, anyway, so talk to me about, in your group especially, if this is, I'm sure you guys have talked about this. What, <laughs> oh, yeah. what's, what's the state of describing a diagnosis or? Well, so... The diagnosis itself is less important because just getting a diagnosis is um, incredibly privileged. Right. Since you have to have, like, there's so many barriers, yeah. you know, from financial to insurance to transportation yeah. to, like, just proximity to the doctors. So we do, um, you know, we, we validate people who are self-diagnosed, mm-hmm. you know, even if you went to a doctor and they said, no, I don't think you do. And you're like, well, that doesn't really match my gut. And I still have so much in common with this community. So I'm going to go ahead and self-diagnose anyway. Like we accept them as well. Um, Cause like, I always say like the whole act like a duck, quack, like a duck, like the, probably the duck thing, but <laughs> autistic, you're an autistic duck. I don't an know. An autistic duck. <laughs> t-shirt go ahead um i mean essentially you would talk about yourself the way you would talk about anything else you could say oh they're you know a person with hair well how do you talk about hair like well my hair has this texture my hair has this color um you know it can do this can do that or my my head's bald i don't have any hair you know so we talk about you know, being autistic, you know, with our features, like, oh, you know, I have, uh, mine comes with uh, RSD, which is like rejection sensitive dysphoria. So like, if I have like an extreme anxiety, where it's like, I'm being perceived as being like, judged and rejected, um, I will just break down crying. I'm not sad, you know, crying doesn't mean sad. It just means like, I don't know. I I can't eat like because it has nothing to do with the feeling. It's just my like physical response to this anxiety. Yeah. But some people might say, um, I don't know what some people might say. (laughs) 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 But it's it's just kind of like um, uh, adding fillers here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, echolalia, polylalia. um, Those are like the different words to describe. like certain vocal stims, uh, just stimming in general, uh, masking, like whether or not you're very good at masking, cognitive flexibility. Um, there's so many different features to autism, a processing speed. I mentioned that before, mm-hmm. um, before the start of the podcast, yeah. you know, that I was very, I have a very slow processing speed, um, which means I just, I think really slow. And I once presented with external stimuli, that processes, churns like butter and then comes out. So, but yeah. <laughs> so like things like muscle memory is really fast because that doesn't take uh, uh, active processing, but anything that takes active processing, that's pretty slow. Okay. Well, so I want to ask you, you used the example of hair, which was a mm-hmm. great example. However, <laughs> it's not okay sometimes 
for somebody to ask a person about their hair, right? Or for someone else to, wow, that hair certainly looks different. So I'm going to ask you why, because I don't think I understand that social construct. No. Like, why can't I ask you about your hair? Well, right. Okay, that's really good. All right. So (laughs) the long standing systemic bigotry and racism tied to people of color's hair. There is a negative or a sinister connotation when asking about someone else's hair, especially uh, in cases of race. So with autism, in which there's such a diverse range of qualities or um, characteristics uh, that, that are for each one, to me, it feels like I would, like, I can't tell if it's appropriate to ask about someone's autism without it being rude or ignorant. Uh, That's a good word, ignorant. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, can I touch your autism? Right? Like, (laughs) like, that's a really weird, like, no. It's like, you know how some people are like, fucking Google it. Don't ask me. Right? I mean, I would, like, with with your hair, with your your counter example of hair, the the negative connotation, that would have gone right over my head. I had no idea that I'm not allowed to ask about hair. Right. But I know enough that I'm not, like, I've already learned that I shouldn't just touch people. And including their hair, including their wheelchair and other mobility devices. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to just touch you without your consent. Right. And it's kind. And I understand it's kind of weird to then ask to touch people and to touch the hair. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I get that part. That's in my global <laughs> rules. Do not touch people. Do not touch people that things are they're using, you know. Again, d- it, And good don't rule. come off as creepy. Yeah. Good rule in general but, for all of us. <laughs> but I think... Um, the question that I have mm-hmm. would be like, I know I shouldn't touch, but asking about the hair, like, oh, you know, I like your hair. Where did mm-hmm. you get it done? You right. know, yeah. or, or, or what, I mean, I wouldn't say, what color would you consider that? Perhaps a, a dark coffee cream? <laughs> like that, that would be, you know, a very weirdly racist thing to say to try and, you know, describe people using the colors of your coffee. Right. But, you yeah. know, trying. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, but like, you know, I think just like generally asking like, okay, you know, I see, like, I think when talking to the, the autistic people and this is how I talk to my husband because he doesn't have any labels. So I just, you know, let it's, it's all about letting them identify themselves and letting them come to the conclusions first. So you, I would be like, Hey, I see you're having a hard time with this. How can I help? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you kind of insert there. The one time I was at the playground um, with my daughter and uh, there was this other little girl and her dad there. And um, we're all playing goofy as hell because I can't not play and I'm just a silly person in general. Um, (laughs) And this guy, uh, when when we finally, because, you know, we're old and fat, so we sit down, um, we we got to talking and he's like, oh, you know, I used to teach uh, special education you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I thought that was my way to say, okay, well, I'm autistic, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that kind of opened up to him to say, you know what, I think I might be too. I've been thinking about it for a while. And then that's when I just reply, you know, thing like, well, if you think you might be, you, you, you're probably right. You know, just kind of validating him, not saying, because like, I think the worst thing you could do is not validate it. We're like, well, aren't we all a little autistic? You know, right. the, those kinds of phrases, you know, like, well, you know, don't what about like basically treating it like something you shouldn't be or wouldn't want to be, because the way these people say it when they come to you, like, you know, I've been thinking about it for like these people, myself included, we take these online tests, you know, whether or not you're autistic, like 50 times a day. 
<laughs> trying yeah. to find out. We're like super immersed in like the the TikTok videos of all these people doing autistic saying, "Yep, that's me." You know, put a finger down if this. You know, all of, all of these things. Where like after like several months, you're like, "Okay, I think I have the guts to say I might be autistic." <laughs> right. And then take give it another couple months. You're like, okay, I think I am. I'm going to join this Facebook group. And then maybe if you have the privilege to get a diagnosis, you're like, well, I went there and they said I'm not. Like, I've seen so many posts and groups where like, I'm sorry, my doctor said I'm not autistic. It was I'm lovely. sorry. It was, yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you guys having me for as long as you did, but I think I have to leave the group. And then everyone's like, no don't <laughs> you're still welcome here like it's fine you know your your experience is like we can see it even if the doctors can't because not all doctors are good at their job oh, that is very <laughs> true and pause we are stopping my interview with tessa watkins here and picking up the second half next week we covered a lot and just really could not stop our conversation so Come back next week for part two of my conversation with Tessa Watkins. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Electric E-Bikes. Whoa, boy! Whether you're packing groceries, gear, or even an extra passenger, the Expedition e-bike has you covered. The Expedition e-bike is a really awesome electric bike, and it is designed to make quick trips to the store or quick trips to outdoor adventures. They have a powerful removable battery, a bright LCD display, and really, I want to emphasize that it folds up. So whether you're living in an apartment or you just have no space left because you have kids in your house, this e-bike is made to fit. Plus, you can lower your gas costs and reduce your carbon footprint. Check out the all-new Expedition Cargo e-bike from Electric. Visit electricebikes.com to learn more about the Expedition Cargo e-bike and all of the other suite models Electric has to offer. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. And now, a live reading from Rachel's Poetry Corner. Elephant's Theremin's Clifton, Neopet's Pore Strips Jepson, Pine Smell Jellybean's Goalie Goals, Skittles, Squirrels, and the Mole, Celery Chopsticks Pumpernickel, A Case of You by Joni Mitchell, Lullabies Tie-Dye, The More You Know, all of these things on our wonderful show. All these things and more wait for you on Wonderful every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week as well as our failures and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius, fail time. Genius. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. All right. My genius is I don't have a fucking genius or a fail this week. Okay? I just, for 10 years, every week, I have a genius and fail, and I can't remember what I did like an hour ago, all right? So I'm sure I'm being great, but <laughs> I'm just, that's it. I'm giving myself that break. It is, I had a genius this morning. <laughs> I made dinner at 7 a.m. <laughs> and then I kept it in the fridge and served oh. it as leftovers. <laughs> I did not have to cook at 5 o'clock when all three of my children are melting. And I am losing my mind. I already had dinner prepped and done, and it was so peaceful. <laughs> oh, my God. I actually had a good evening where nobody was crying because I couldn't pay attention to them while I was cooking. <laughs> Ooh, I feel good. <laughs> You're doing a great job, and so am I. 
Yes, you are. And I like that you just flat out called it leftovers. I mean, it technically it's not because you made it and it's only being served for the first time. But that could lead us down a delightful, what were we saying? Rabbit holing discussion of what makes for leftovers. You are doing a remarkable job and I see that dinner. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Oh, I didn't have any fails or geniuses to share this week. Oh, I did a horrible job at my job. <laughs> That's it. Hi, I'm calling from the bathroom to spare my kids' feeling. Um, I'm talking kind of quietly for that reason. I've got a fail in progress going on. I just need some sucking time alone. And I gave my kids some brand new sticker books, uh, thinking that, you know, that would buy me some time. And all they fucking want to do is show me every goddamn sticker Ugh. in the sticker book. Nonstop. <sighs> goddamn. All right. Thanks for the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is an epic fail right there. You gave your children... Yeah, I remember watching all these smug, like, parenting shows a lot like before the internet before podcasts all that stuff where people would be like oh, just spending time with your child will then result in them giving you space later no it is a bucket that is never filled all right and so you give them the stickers and i'm so there with you and they want to show you every sticker or or something or something goes out of control they start sticking it on things you don't want them to stick it to whatever check check I was also talking to Teresa about a checklist. Check. I gave my kids stickers so I could have time alone. They wanted to only show me the stickers. Check. Or they stuck the stickers all over, you know, grandma's fine china. Check. Or they pulled a hose in through the mail slot and started flooding the room while I was trying to have a few minutes to myself. Check. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't get to have nice things. You tried to give yourself a break. And I, I don't even know. I don't even know, my friend. <laughs> it just sucks. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. All right, everybody, let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hey, I'm calling with a little rant. I have a kid who's almost five, and when he was, like, two and started, you know, tantruming and stuff, he was always very physical. He was always a very physical kid anyway, like hugs and being held. But when he started getting really angry, he would direct it at me, like hitting and kicking and pulling hair and pinching. And we tried so many things to get him to stop doing that. And the only thing that worked was that we would give him a consequence of putting a toy in, like, time out, basically. We didn't call it that. But, you know, that was the general right. idea. And... It worked so well that all I would have to say when he came at me with a fist was <laughs> toy. And then he would stop. Mm. And then he would think about his choices. And then he would go pick something else to, you know, use, demonstrate his anger, right? And we talked, we taught him different things he could do when he was mad and, we modeled things, and we talk about feelings all the time, but the only way to get him to stop in the moment and not hurt me was to say toy and remind him of the consequence. And the look on people's faces and the comments they make when we mention that we give a consequence mm. for him 
hurting or threatening to hurt us is crazy. Like, people will say, oh, I never give consequences for feelings. Or we just talk about feelings. I just model healthy coping skills. And I know that they're not doing that at me. But you know what is happening at me? Threatening and aggressive behavior in a child that won't stop unless you have a consequence. So can't society say, thank you, Mom, you're doing a good job for teaching your child to not do that, and good job for getting him to stop because, you know what, he doesn't do it anymore. Sometimes he thinks about it, and I say, oh, Toy, don't do that, and he goes and picks something else, which isn't that the goal? Isn't that what we're aiming for? So anyway, I just thank you for telling me I'm doing a good job. I know when I see this beautiful child excelling with coping skills and knowing what to do when he's mad and no longer punching me, I know I'm doing a good job. And I know he's doing a good job. I'm just tired of people rubbing it in my face that their kid just needs, you know, to be talked to. doesn't work for everybody. Anyway, thanks for the hotline. You guys are doing a good job. And God damn it, so am I. And so is my kid. Yeah. You are doing a good job. You're doing a great job. Oh, my God. You are doing a great job as a parent and as a self. Oh, boy. You know, you just ended that call with not everybody's kids can regulate with words, like with being told, talk about your feelings. That's true in the same house right? I got two kids and one we can talk about feelings with and the other we can talk about feelings with, but it doesn't have necessarily the same impact. And all of us as parents struggle with consequences and how to do that, you know, with our kids, depending on who our kids are. But when they are young and They are physical. One, you're not alone. Let me just start by saying that. You are not the only person, and you know this, who is experiencing young children having tantrums and physically taking it out on you. That is normal. It's not nice. None of us like it. But it's not like some weird thing that you've done, and you already know that. Two, you already know all the hard work that you have done. This is one of those examples, guys, of the like, assume people have put a great deal of effort into parenting their children. <laughs> and they'll, <laughs> that unless they're like, how do I do it? Assume that they have spent night after night after free moment in the bathroom on their phone or on their computer or in their library or talking to pediatricians or talking to therapists, trying to come up with ways to help their child and help themselves, okay? And you have done it. And as a result of all the hard work that you've done, it makes total sense that it fucking sucks when it feels like that work is being dismissed or not seen by another person who says, we d- what was the line? We don't give consequences for feelings. Well, somebody said those exact words to you because that is a very specific thing. Wow. And again, you're smart enough, capable enough to know that they were not saying that at you or actually doing any judging, but all of us, when we are tired and we have been living with something for a long time, time and we have put in so much effort and work and then we come out and we say and we share and the response is not wow that worked so well for you good job it is a punch in the gut all right and again no one's being an asshole here it's just your feeling experience and your feeling experience is 100% valid and I got to tell you, in listening to the description of how you use toy, the word toy, I, it, 
that doesn't sound actually like anything sinister or fucked up. It sounds like a good cue to help your child calm down or refocus. I mean, the word could be banana for all we know. It's not like you were making him eat bananas every time he was misbehaving. That wasn't a con. It's not like fucking Sybil and shit. It is a way that worked. And you did a good job finding something that worked. Okay? I see you. That is a lot of work. And you're doing a remarkable job. Everybody, this was so obviously a show about remembering <laughs> that everybody's walking through the world with a different lens. And just because something works in your house doesn't mean it works in somebody else's house. And that you really do know yourself and your children best doesn't mean there isn't stuff we can still learn about ourselves or about our kids. But just because somebody else is doing it a different way doesn't mean that the way we're doing it is wrong. And I also just want to say this show is such a reminder of how hard this is and how much each of us put into not only trying to get through the day with kids in our house, but all the other things that we're dealing with, whether that be our own disabilities or challenges or jobs or illnesses or whatever. It's Thursday. It's not just, oh, you're just so tired because you're a parent. <laughs> it's not that. Fuck, that's not it. It's everything. So you're doing a really good job. And I hope that if One Bad Mother makes you feel seen and reminds you of just that, that you're doing a good job, you'll join us for the next two weeks for Max Fun Drive. I will talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>